0: Hello and welcome to the Celestial Podcast, the Doctor Who podcast hosted by Joey Morgan. Today I'm here with Brian Corrigan, aka Briarheart02. Yay! Jacob Licklider. Hel- hello. And the man, the myth, the legend, Dylan, aka Lord Slar.
1: I'm ready for a hanging, video. Fellow
2: Goomians.
1: Oh, I you, I'm glad. Saying- you know, I, f- I was gonna feel bad about. I'm- I was gonna feel bad about talking over you, but now I don't. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I <only laughs> the word So period. hang on. Okay,
0: com- wait. Okay, wait. We okay. We're talking about Classic Who season three today. Before we get into that, I want to talk about a few things first. First off, I want to apologize to people waiting on this. This is coming out on the 1st of November. I apologize for that. It was this is October's podcast and you will get another one later this month. I just fell really behind on recording. We should be back on schedule soon. Uh I know this celestial podcast is typically one that a lot of people wait for on my channel. Especially especially the ones where we cover TV stories. So um, so for this one to take so long, I really do apologize for that. Um, that and also as far as the continuity of uh, recording for Security Kitchen Productions, we're recording this before the Halloween Spooktacular, even though that would have come out when this comes out yesterday. Um, so... Nothing that, that means anything. Just wanted to point that out uh, as we're recording this. Both in the, these both in the same day, so if we seem really tired in the Halloween Spectacular, then that's that why. is
1: why. I have, I have a question for you, Jerry. What is the
2: fuck were you doing, man? Why have you been falling behind for recording? Who is this an impression of? <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> what does what is Ozzy Osbourne have to do with this? <laughs>
3: I, think- <laughs> I hate this so much. <laughs> what the? I- was Ozzy As Asperger? I don't think he was popular until the 70s, was he?
1: Oh, shit. You're right. But, uh, no, you got you This got is started. unwarranted
2: Ozzy Osbourne, right. You got started yeah. I'm
1: going to keep this on <laughs> no. until, until the video ends.
0: You know, only if you're actually serious about it. If you're not, then, then stop now. But if you All actually right. are going to do the whole video, you better fucking commit.
1: Hmm. let me think about it uh, we'll eye. see the next time i open my mouth
0: gotcha all right so today we're talking about classic who season three spoilers of course um let's uh let's jump right into this now normally uh in a tv story in a tv season uh discussion on the celestial podcast we would talk about the tardis team before uh actually getting into the stories but seeing as this is a really long season i think it's classic who's longest season if i'm not mistaken yeah it
2: is and-
0: uh, seeing as uh, seeing as that's the case, and also there are a lot of companion uh, and TARDIS team changeups throughout season three, there really wouldn't be a point in focusing on a core set of characters. So we're gonna jump right into the stories, uh, so as this podcast doesn't go on longer than it, than it end up than it inevitably inevitably will be. So um, let's kick it off with Galaxy Four by William M's. <sighs> Anyone- You're you're, you're probably the only cunt here that doesn't like it. Oh, no, I don't think Jacob does. I just just need to
2: preface this for something. What's up, Dylan? Wait, Dylan, 1st I'm sick of Doctor Who and its liberal agendas. I mean, look at this story. (laughs) It's telling children not to be judgmental and not to go around killing people. Is that the kind of liberal messages you want in your house? I don't think so. Okay, Brian,
1: I- opening thoughts. <laughs> this story is so slow. It's such a drag. The acting's awful, and I hate it so much. I really do. It's th- it like it, I almost stopped watching William Hartnell's what I was doing my marathon of him, and th- this one was one of the many ones that almost killed it for me. Ugh, I hate Galaxy Four so much. It's my least favorite of the Hartnells, next to the Smugglers.
0: No, wait. Yeah. Okay, okay. so uh, you spoke on the acting. Uh, any particular performances that you don't enjoy?
1: <sighs> the Dravins.
2: Marga is great, though.
1: I love. Yeah, I love.
2: i nope. seen oh, episode three when she's talking. I'll tell you. The, I'll
1: tell you the the what draft. I do like, though.
2: Like. The,
1: the guy who does the voice of the aliens puts in a really strong performance. Does not save the rest
2: of the script, though. It's just bleh. Well, how about I give everybody all that opinion? Because I love Galaxy 4. I mean, I don't think I, it's like, you know, do one of the greatest of all time. But it's a little gem that I really appreciate. And the reason is, it's one of those episodes that just feels out there. Like, the writers really just... Taking the whole thing of Doctor Who just being somewhere you can go anywhere and do anything with, like, boundless creativity, just ran with it. Like, everything in it feels so alien, like such an adventure. And there's something that a lot of Doctor Who episodes, almost most Doctor Who episodes even, miss in this kind of sense of completely alien, completely out there adventure, which should be what Doctor Who is all about. And we don't get enough of it. And this is a good example of when they've done that. Yeah, it's not really a deep or complex story, but it's fun. It runs, it set. has a simple concept and it has a great atmosphere, and I, know, I just really enjoy it.
1: Is that that's really cool. how you feel about it, though? Because, like, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it's a lot of stagnant running around the same set for four episodes and needlessly drawing it out. I mean, that's, I think so that's they're...
0: all of Classic Who, mate. Yeah, I mean, I think there's. I think,
1: there's, <laughs> I think right, there are some general Unlike... unlike. A lot of the other classic whose stories I like, there isn't enough dialogue or plot to keep it going for me. I'm just, I'm just not a fan. I guess.
0: So, I will agree on, on one thing, Brian. I think, I think there are some general pacing issues, but. I don't know. I, as as just a general classic Who fan, I don't find that to be an issue. I think um, I think the only thing that does get a bit grating is, are are the Chumblies. um th- That's the well, only I thing that the really.
2: Chumblies.
0: Oh yeah, I like them too. But like, also like their sequences of just roaming around do absolutely nothing for the story, and they're there and they're fun to watch. But like, I
2: can say how... that. Do you not think that might be better if the episode wasn't missing?
1: That's true. That's definitely. I true. I I don't think it would be better, but uh, the Chumblies are like. One of the positives, I thought it's a minor positive, but I like the Chumleys.
2: Mm, I mean, I yeah, I, it's I, a I, rare I, story where we get to see the tardis team of Steve and Vicky and the first Doctor, which is one of my favorites. They're really good together, and their chemistry does kind of carry quite a lot of the story to me.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think the story in particular is very good for Vicky. Um, she has a yeah. she has a very nice standalone arc uh, when she goes off with, with the Doctor to uh, to uh, encounter the Rills. Jacob, you haven't spoken at all.
1: Yeah, I haven't. Um, I—that's what they're called, the rills. Yeah. I—I'm gonna be
3: honest. I—I I really like bits of this story. Um, but like, I—I I think it's underrated. I think pe- people say this is one of Hartnell's weakest, and I—I I don't. I don't agree with that. I mean, well, like,
2: as somebody likes the story and loves the Hartnell right. I probably would agree that he's one of Arnold's weakest, but that's just because he has so many quality stories. I honestly like,
0: no, I think the def- biggest
2: problem with this is, is the characterization of Steven.
0: Um, What's
2: wrong with this? He wasn't meant to be in this story, bear in mind. Like, I know, because like... you,
3: te- you can tell it's meant to be Barbara, and it just kind of. Peter Perves is trying with the material, but it doesn't give him much to do. Um, like, he's just sort of there. Um, But I, I love the Doctor and Vicky in this. I think the Rills are actually a pretty decent design now that Episode 3 exists, and we can see what they look like. Um, you know, They're not the best design, but they are at least inhuman. Um, but I mean, I'm going to be honest, I think the message itself, while a good message is, is kind of uh, maybe one of the weaker aspects...
0: That's something I wanted to talk about, actually. A lot of people seem to overlook that one. I think it's one of the strongest things about this story, the the not judging a book by its cover. I'm curious. I just think I want to ask, ask Brian this specifically. How do you feel about the just the general theme of not judging a book by its cover? Brian.
1: Split. Because, like... S- it goes, it's a It's a lit. It's a bit more deeper than that for me. Like, obviously you shouldn't judge people by their appearances, but if we're talking like an actual book by its cover, I judge books by their cover all the time, like whether I want to read the them or not. That's because you're a massive so, racist. So, like... <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck everything. No, I, I, I do like the message behind this episode. I just think it takes way too fucking long to get to the point.
0: Um, no, I respectfully disagree. I, I I'm I'm pretty invested in the and I'm, and also I think uh, I, I think, think the just I think the I desperate think situation of the planet exploding like, raises the stakes and I think it's just a general fun watch and also I think despite the fact that um that specifically William Hartnell and Peter Purvis aren't into the script I do think William Hartnell in particular um
1: I think if you the the off of this story it would be much stronger and like out. I could see cutting an episode,
2: but not an entire hour from it. See, well, you've got make thirty minutes left at that point. Yeah, like by an hour, I meant two episodes. Okay, let's so you start. don't mean an hour. You mean forty-six minutes. I'm rounding up. <laughs> It's quite a roundup. Yeah, <laughs> fourteen. Minutes.
0: Yeah, that's a roundup. Sure. Okay. Uh, I would. I if I were rounding up the, like the length of two episodes of Classic Who, I'd say fifty minutes.
1: Okay.
0: Anyway. Um. But yeah. I mean. I. Uh, I don't know. I, I. I could see some being cut from this, but I think. I think the script is very driven. I think. I think the script definitely is invested in the story that it wants to tell, and and that comes across. Uh, despite the fact that, again, you can tell. Specifically, in Peter Parker, that he's he's not really into it.
3: So, anything else to add on this story? Um, I'd say I I, I kind of actually hope they animate this one. Honestly, it'd be a I very see, easy one to animate. What? It'd be it'd a very be easy. easy one. To and animate. I think, and I think oh, yeah, definitely. I honestly, I think just thinking back to the Macro Terror animation, um, I think they could have they would have a field day with the backgrounds of this story
1: oh totally
3: um and i think they would have a field day with just all with a lot of the monologuing it would be a fun story to animate
1: galaxy four also can someone bring back the chumblies because that
3: would be as an actual villain because i would i would love to see the chumblies again they're not villains though i know but they would that would be so cool just to see them trying to do a modern take on the chumblies
2: Oh, oh also so just, just curious the Dominators and the Quarks.
3: was anyone able to hear all
0: that typing i was doing there for a bit No Oh okay never mind cuz i only just typed out all my all my uh uh all my scores and rankings of this season so if you so if any of you guys haven't done that yet i would highly recommend doing that anyway, as we, as we speak um
2: well, so the one thing i've got to add is i think marge is a really great character I do too I, I, do too. I disagree and I think the Dravins are an interesting idea, I mean...
0: The Dravins are a villain I could see coming back. In fact, didn't they once in a...
2: Uh, they kind of brought them back in Big Finish, yeah, The Suffering, well, they brought, no, they is a brilliant them back. story. There was a
3: Draven story in the Benny range.
2: Oh, okay. Well, there's an, another Draven story, kind of a Draven, almost a Draven origin story called The Suffering with Stephen and Vicky, a companion chronicle. That one's brilliant.
1: Is that... I heard, yeah, I've heard a lot about Wait, that Wait, that's a Draven story?
2: Kind of, and I've probably just spoiled it for you by saying it, but oh well.
0: <laughs> gotcha. On that note, uh ratings in oh. a ten, Brian. Oh, you
1: had to do me first. Don't you? <laughs> I did, so we could all destroy you. Yeah. I gave it a two. Fuck, Fuck you. Oh What? That, that is low. so hard. Does
3: that mean so, that's the weakest of the season for you? Because
1: Yes, it's the weakest of the season.
3: You're fucking wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> he's just like you're fucking wrong that's great
0: um i'm gonna i'm gonna hard disagree and i'm gonna give it a seven um i think it's a really fun story uh dylan
2: uh seven for me too yeah and jacob i'm uh i'm
0: gonna give it a six sounds about you know i can see that coming from you yeah um it, does, so it doesn't
2: quite reach that... seven sorry yeah, six six is a fair point of view. I think yeah, I, 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 if I had less, like, kind of, you know, just love for it from being one of the ones I quite liked when I was little, I, I it probably would be a six. So, yeah. Um,
0: so everyone, cancel Hard too. As we move on to Mission to the Unknown by Terry Nation. Uh, I was now, Jacob. This is before you got in the call
2: here. Um,
0: do we? How much do we want to talk about the remake? Because we I haven't talked talk about
2: of- it. Mate. <laughs> It's good, That's... but it's not canon. <laughs> okay, I can't. I
0: really can't tell if you're being serious or not. I'm,
2: I'm kind of not really being anything.
1: Well, I, I. I just want to have it, a hot take. I, really. I, I, can, I consider it the version now. So, I mean, yeah. The discussion here will be more with the the story itself. Um, I'm gonna but... be
3: honest. I'm gonna be honest. Of the three versions of the story I've experienced. The remake might have been my
2: favorite, yeah. So, I'm
1: pretty sure, and like for future generations, the remake's going to be the definitive version. The series, it's
2: better than the recon because that the recon for Mission to the Unknown is god awful, yeah. yeah wow. So, this,
1: this is I the version of the, the audio the soundtrack, soundtrack
3: with Peter Purve's narration. I will eventually, but that I just that one's haven't.
1: good.
2: I, I,
0: I, I do like I do like I do like Pervess's narration in it. Uh, Ian Levine's
2: animation of Mission to the unknown is quite good.
0: I've not seen that one actually. I've I've don't a like of, I don't
2: like it
0: that one. So anyway, uh, Mission to the Unknown is the prequel to the Daleks Master Plan, and I really enjoy it. I think it's a story that I could just kind of throw on—not throw on at any time—but like, it. it time I watch it, it does get me in the mood to like to rewatch Daleks Master Plan. Like it's a, it's a really interesting... Yeah, it's a, yeah,
1: uh, it's a nice, it's a nice little cock tease, isn't it? I it, it. it is it really is i mean like
0: that's that's a blunt way of describing it but but yeah it definitely is like it, it really it really gets you excited to see what's to come uh, it's I also a it. few
3: times where, okay the varga plants you think they're going to be taken part in in master plan they don't they do sorta not really
2: yeah they do um you know Nick Courtney's uh partner in it uh he like uh, gets stabbed by one and then yeah. uh gets shot by a darling
4: yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, I was I was expecting maybe a bit bit of a bigger presence because they are. I get, I see
0: be. yeah I I guess I could see like it, that being the build up to it, but really once you leave Kemble, you know they're they're not existing in the story.
1: I'll tell you what I'll tell you what about Mission to the Unknown though it doesn't have a lot of rewatch value, like I've watched uh, it a couple. Well, I've watched it a couple times in like the past two years, and on each subsequent rewatch, and this is even true with the new version of it that came out recently, it's just kind of a yeah, it's a good script. Don't get me wrong, but it's like nothing really special. It's kind well, of uh,
4: standard. It, get, it gets you.
1: It gets I think me pumped well... for Dalek's master plan, but you know, it's it really is just a teaser trailer. You you feel.
2: I think what the uh, the mission: to The Unknown does really well is just by the sheer writing of Nation and the sheer directing of Dougie Camfield managed to make something that's so uh, Camfield in- didn't direct Mission: The
3: Unknown.
2: Oh, who directed it then?
3: Derek Martinus.
2: Derek Martinus. Oh, well, he's still a good director. Oh, yeah, he's a and, good director. Don't give me it's, it's not. But they Camfield. managed. Yeah, but the point is, they managed through just those two things alone managed to instantly drag you in. To the atmosphere and build up some sheer tension to the story. Oh yeah, which, oh, uh, no. which oh, builds up so much tension over the course of just one the episode is quite impressive. And, and, and you know, he work.
3: introduces a, like Mark. People will remember Mark Corey as a character.
2: Oh, oh yeah, okay.
0: I mean, yeah. like, like I remember. um... I remember just like, I, I had seen the, the Mission to the Un- Unknown Recon already, but when I had read the target novel of uh, of Daleks D- Master Plan, which includes Mission to the Unknown at the beginning, I'm even more invested there. Like, just the sheer story as as a setup, as not only a setup to the Daleks Master Plan, but a setup to... Um, to the space security service uh, that I just adore the characters of like uh, Mark Corey sending out his final desperate message to the uh, uh, the SSS like I think it's a lovely moment and just overall just a general gripping story and back to your point about rewatchability Brian I've seen the the remake already three times just just for sheer desire of
1: wanting to watch it again and again must just be a me thing then
3: let's be honest can we all be honest the remake was great like, yeah, was, oh, yeah, really the really remake good. was bravo. Really good. Well, one,
0: thank you. B-Z. Oh, god, no, yeah. guys, I
3: just thought, guys, I just thought,
0: no, this is a really bad time to put this out. I'm gonna get that guy with like seven accounts commenting about the black Dalek on here. Oh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> we, have
1: oh, to talk. we have to address it. We have to address it. No, no we don't have to. No, we have to. No, we have to. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the black Dalek in the remake
3: of Mission to the Unknown
2: is not that bad.
1: I know, I know. And,
3: it's it, and it. To be they're,
2: fair, they're, yeah, I've kept trying about it, but it does irk me because it is an inaccurate Dalek, and you know. Okay, oh yeah. and could it really have really been too much to have got one that's accurate?
1: Yeah, I
0: agree with that, but, and it is definitely noticeable. But at the same time, I really
1: just don't care. It's yeah, it's not that like good deal. too gives a rat's ass now please if you're that guy who has like upteen accounts for whatever reason please do not bombard this for the <laughs> love of god we do we not don't actually no no, no. A-
0: he should no, actually he should because then uh then this video will get traction because it has more comments so yeah keep doing yeah. that anyway hey.
2: <laughs> but but you yeah, know i don't i don't really mind that much but i can yeah, I mean it does slightly irk me, but not enough to really say anything about it. Yeah, so. it's
3: not, it's not that big deal, and it's not like they're like, oh, oh, this is. Th- it's this not like th-
2: bought the bot on a new Who Dalek. Now that, yeah, would that seriously, that, that's yeah. Uh,
1: just imagine you have all these classic Daleks, the Dalek Sec just rolls in.
2: The worst, <laughs> they get the fucking um, they get like the white, uh, like Humpback Dalek from Victory of the Daleks. <laughs> you just call it a humpback <laughs> yeah they have humpbacks <laughs> they're, they're really weirdly shaped he's and not he wrong is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just never every, heard it described that way so, it's, like, it's not the colors above me it's the horrible shape
1: yeah yeah, yeah. It, I agree with that actually yeah. it's it's the shape more than the colors anyway uh,
0: ratings out of 10 for Mission to the Unknown Jacob? Uh 8 I agree with that. I give it an eight. Dylan, eight as well. Seven. Seven. Fuck you.
3: Why you gotta be, Brian? <laughs> <And> Brian's <laughs> just here to be contrarian. Brian,
0: why do you always have to be like
3: that? <laughs>
0: Brian
2: is a massive that. edge lord. To be fair, you did you know this. You always do this! <laughs> I do not <laughs> conform. <laughs>
0: I, like, I we lore, can have, Brian, I swear, we could have six people on a discussion we'll be like, oh yeah, this story's 9 out of 10. Five of the, out of the six people will give it a 9 out of 10. And you'll be like, "Yeah, I'll give it an 8. It's good, but it's not that good. That
2: good. <laughs> Maybe we should make Brian do his scores first from now on so we can't just, like, <laughs> edge edgelord us out. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Let's move okay. on.
1: <laughs> just the utter disappointment in your voice is why i do it joey because <laughs> you go, eight eight out of ten eight out of ten eight out of ten and you get all excited like hoo, hoo, we're all gonna agree and then i go seven
0: <laughs> anyway let's move on to the to, uh fuck what's name? the myth makers by donald cotton <laughs> um dylan you I just thought... re- you just rewatch this one You you give us a start
2: um, well, uh, I'm sorry I was in the middle of something there. Right, oh, sorry, uh, yeah. sorry. No, 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 it's fine. Um, yeah, so, uh, the myth makers, I don't really have too much of an opinion on it. It's kind of fun. It works. Uh, I find um, it funny. Yeah. Uh, I'm really not doing very well here. Well, yeah. Well, can somebody else start? I just don't have too many strong opinions. I'll go. This
1: story. I'll go. Okay, go ahead, Brian. Because this has given me weird deja vu to the last episode of the podcast of death we did. Because the last episode was the Myth Makers. So. That... Oh yeah, well, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. So. Um... <laughs> that never
0: went up. <laughs> the no, last one, episode of the... that.
1: That no, that one went up. That one. Did, that one did not go up. The Mythmakers is up I'm is it fairly certain it is yeah no is it really yeah, it is i'm pretty since when? sure since the that since that's the last episode that i put out <laughs> oh it is
0: no there was one more that was recorded i know it was earth shock that was it that's the last. yeah that episode. was
1: it that was the last that one was bad, that no man. longer exists that one's bad <laughs> yeah it was sorry but any, any, anyway yeah so Basically, my opinion hasn't really changed since then. I, I'm still not a huge fan of it. I love Vicky's Farewell. Vicky's Farewell, how it's done, is really cool. And I love it to bits. But other than that, it's just kind of like, eh. <laughs> just, eh. Hardo 02,
0: 2019.
3: I adore this story.
1: Of course you fucking do. It's fun! It's fun, Brian. Come on. It
3: is... Somehow, somehow, without the visuals, because this is kind of an action-heavy story in in places, it still works really well as this really fun sort of uh, comedy of errors, right? Um, Yeah. Like, you have the Doctor. It's sort of like the reverse Aztecs, right? So you have the Doctor (laughs) trying not to get involved in history (laughs) In, in, in basically, one of the you can't get involved in history. That would be bad. But then in the mythmakers, it's basically like he, he basically starts sort of like, story oh, like that horse nonsense was something Homer probably made up. Fun fact: uh, uh, the Trojan horse comes from the Aeneid, not written by
2: Homer, written by Virgil. Um, That's Sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, my classic
3: <laughs> nerd. Although, is if showing.
2: you want, although if you want to have another correction on it, and Troilus doesn't kill Achilles, Paris actually kills Achilles. Okay, oh,
3: yeah, there's. Here's a th- okay. I haven't actually read the Iliad or the Aeneid. I have, uh, I've read the Odyssey.
2: I've so read the Odyssey,
3: we... <laughs> so I've read part two, you've read part one and three.
2: Yeah, basically, <laughs> like,
3: like, there we go. <laughs> um, if you want a good translation, the Robert Fable uh translation of the Odyssey, shut up, great. go on. Um, but, but, um it's just this hilarious bit. You have Hartnell being like, oh, I, the horse is stupid, and then he's like, shit, they think I'm a god. How am I going to do this?
1: Who are you that, telling that, to shut up?
3: I was telling Jacob to shut up. Shut up. Oh,
0: it's because okay.
2: me and Jacob were having a nice conversation about classics, you know? <laughs> Let's talk about that.
0: Actually, it, I, I was going to springboard off Jacob there for a second, that brings up an interesting point. Knowing Donald Cotton's Doctor Who work, and we'll get a bit more into this later, I guess, um, I and you, you described the way the doctor acts in this as a sort of anti-aztecs i wonder if donald cotton did sort of purposely write this as uh as like an anti-doctor who historical uh it's it's getting involved to make history happen which is the exact opposite of of something that that doctor who has always been against in the past yeah. i, I mean so it's, so not, it's, it's, it's not, not really how the
2: history.
3: ideas which were in, he's, he's sort of evolving the ideas which were introduced in the time meddler
0: yeah, and and also he does it hilariously. Like like this script was definitely what uh, what made Tosh commission him to to do the gunfighters, and he just went insane with the gunfighters.
1: Then, but more on you that. You know, later I on. I hate to interrupt this, but I just thought of the exact joke that is going to happen when we talk about Celestial Toy Maker later. I'm expecting
2: Eedy, it now. Exactly. Ah, uh, <laughs>
1: shut up. <laughs> Thanks for
2: watching. Goodbye!
4: Oh,
1: (laughs) Oh,
4: Jesus Christ. But anyway,
2: actually, I do have something to say on the Mythmakers. I find uh, the actors who play Priam and Paris really good, and the scenes with them in are actually really funny. Especially uh, Paris, who I believe is played by Barry Jackson. He is excellent. And every scene he is he's in, is just, oh, it's so I thought there, like,
3: a bunch of, like, kind of semi-famous 60s British actors in this story? They're
2: most, a lot of Hartnell stories have that.
3: Yeah, but, like, this one's, like, nearly everyone was, like, a veteran of, I think, like, the Carry On films, maybe?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Carry On film actors in Doctor Who, like. Probably is in this as well. Because I know you have uh, this is basically just carry on uh, Troy. <laughs> what's <his face? laughs> I, It's I, just you carry have, on Troy. Uh, you, have, you have What's His Face. Then, um, you know, look, there's literally a joke around orgy in it. Oh, right. I watched it last night. I was like, what the. F- Did he just make a joke around an orgy? There's children watching as,
0: as As one does in 60s Doctor Who, you know. Orgy jokes everywhere.
2: Eedy, meedy, miny. Miney, Moe. Shut yeah. up! <laughs> All right. Sorry, I just hurt myself. Uh, Ignore
3: that. Um, Can we all agree that Katarina's introduction is kind of totally and completely rushed? Yes. Yes. Like, I really hope Big finished because obviously they're doing a story with Katarina this, I guess, this month. Uh, yeah when this this is is coming out if this is coming out on the first
1: oh i forgot about that i have to buy that
3: yeah that's out this month so 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 excited for it that and also the
0: home guard i'm really excited for more dreyfus master because he's so good in the role um but also more katarina because Katarina's is great
1: anyway i'm just excited for full cast audio where two is going off against the daleks you know
2: Oh, actually, I have I've I another thing to say about um, Vicky's exit. Maureen O'Brien does a brilliant job at, like, kind of selling it. The only problem is, this, like, the writing for it is terrible. There's there's just, they just ran, like, there's no real good writing about why she falls into the troilers and why feel, she would want to stay in such like a backwards that, time. It honestly
3: feels like that scene was written.
2: It's like, shoot, wait, we have to get
3: rid of Vicky? All right, um...
2: She's got really horny for some I mean, let, let's look
3: at it
1: this way. Let's look at it this way, though. Like, in, in terms of, like, rushed exits in Doctor Who, it isn't a particularly bad one.
2: Uh, I think, it, you know, oh, honestly... I, purely down Moreno Maureen O'Brien's really good acting. I feel that the true. writing is but I,
0: but I will say, I do think, like, as far as rush exits go, and out Ramana, of character...
3: Ramana, actually, Ramana, Ramana, but, but actually, Ramana, while, we're, while we're
0: talking about it... Shut up! Also, we're talking about, like, out-of-character exits. I think I think her, her reason for living is pretty out-of-character for Vicky, even more so than Susan.
2: Oh. Yeah, it's like, why would she want to, you know, live in this incredibly backward world? Yeah. It's, it was it's pretty shit I for back then. Mean... It was pretty shit for anybody, but especially women.
0: You you can't do like you can't do some mental gymnastics and say like oh well it's part of her character arc her whole life she's been wanting to go like all over the place and have adventures and then she finally finds a place where she wants to settle down but the thing is it's not properly built up so her wanting I'll to also, settle down also she's not going to settle
2: down up. is the thing yeah because yeah, so this, this is the Troy's <laughs> destroyed and then she goes uh, with Aeneas afterwards and uh, if anybody's read the Aeneid you know what happens there they basically just get lost around the Mediterranean for about ten or fifteen years
3: yeah yeah that's um i mean the the expanded universe has her making it to carthage
2: yes yeah it does it has her settling carthage um
3: which i know that's like the second to last stop in the aeneid right like yeah
2: because he falls in love with aeneas falls in love with dido and then but then the gods say no you need to go and found rome mate and then um she gets really pissed off and they're eternal enemies rome and carthage and then on. yeah
1: um is it t- t- i thought it was implied somewhere that like in mythology that vicky dies or something like in she,
3: mythology she dies but like right
1: because doesn't she da- take take on the, the role of some person uh, yeah, figure? And, yeah yeah and she it, uh, fu- but uh, she the fucking dies
3: kind of intentionally plays fast and loose I think because they. Don't I mean, this them. is very
2: inaccurate with the books. This, like, if you've read the Iliad, it's you know, it's not it's not like the Iliad. Yeah, it's, it's the bare bones of the Iliad, really.
1: Yeah. Well, is that sequ- sequel story with Vicky? Does that follow that up at all? It
0: does, sort of, but it most it's mostly there to like give Vicky a bit more of like a yeah. oh, where are they now and. It's good. Like uh, Frostfire is good. It 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 does it does a lot for like Vicky post exit. But it's it's a it, it, plan, it, it, it do, so. yeah, but it doesn't really delve too much into how it actually ties into. Oh, um, anyway, um, ratings out of ten for the Mythmakers. Brian, five. Okay, Jacob.
3: Uh, nine. I'm gonna be controversial. Really? Wow! Oh, I didn't really huh. like it that much. I mean, it's a good oh. story, don't get me wrong, though. Yeah. Uh, I love it to bits, okay? Dylan? Uh, seven.
0: I agree with that, I give it a seven. So, scores mostly across the board, ranging Go from on, average, this average to, list... to near perfect.
2: The episode um, would be much better animated, because A, the reconstruction is pretty terrible, because there's barely any, re- like, um, telesnaps. And for two, I think the humor would work better. Yeah, I, was, I, I, I will give it this.
1: I think I think if I had like actual visuals to go with it, I might like it better, but as it stands, I, I just can't get into it.
0: That's a fair assessment.
1: All right, time to see
0: how long this shit lasts. Let's go into the Deluxe Master Plan by Terry ah!
1: and Spooner. Ah! Sorry, just had to uh, get that out of the way. So Brian, so you're can not. Can we just skip
2: this one? <laughs> I don't want to hear <laughs> any more <laughs> of
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> can we skip this one so that Brian just has all negative opinions for the entire video? <laughs> yes,
2: yes, exactly. <laughs> and you
1: but just see that's the, the biggest... thing. That's the thing, Dylan. Past this point, season three of Doctor Who's my favorite of the Hartnell years. Seriously? Yeah, I love season three. So season one what? and
0: season two are way better. They are. Oh, my God. Oh, all right. You know, Brian, you start. Go ahead. Daleks Master Plan. Daleks <laughs> Master Plan is my favorite
1: Hartnell story. I love it so much. It's so good. It's, I oh, it's it's 12 episodes long. It's like six.
2: It's like mean, it's like to like like <laughs> <laughs> become that <like> improbable. <laughs>
1: You can you can really hear the Rhyme primitive stain. love coming out obsession. of it, can't you? Yeah, <laughs> I fucking Dalek's master plan, except for Steve, Feast of Stephen, is a masterpiece. I love, I love it to bits. But even then, like Feast of Stephen is so much fun. Yeah, I love it to bits. It's it, oh, just <clears throat> the writing, the performances, like
2: everything about it is so good, and I just love it so much. Do you want a more balanced opinion? Uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. All right. Okay, so Dalek's Master Plan, the 12-episode epic. Half of it is the best Doctor Who ever. The other half is filler, boring, trash, uh, basically. Well, some of it's okay. Well, let, let let's just put it this way. Episodes 1 to 5, absolutely brilliant. Episode 6, good. Episode 7, okay, Episode 8, shit. Episode 9, meh. Episode 10, goodish. Episode 11, goodish. And then episode 12 is a fucking masterpiece. So that's kind of how I go. Because uh, the tr- it, the transition between Terry and Dennis Spooner doesn't quite work. And Dennis Spooner doesn't really pick up until his la- the last episode he writes The Destruction Time. But it's still a brilliant story. And it's, when it's good, it's best I'm, of all time. I'm curious, do, do we know how much of
0: episode. Sorry, I was jumping on that. Do we know how much of the second half uh, w- was Dennis Spooner's idea, or was it all from an idea of Terranation as the credits will describe? I'm
2: pretty sure it was all just um, Dennis Spooner, because uh, like Terry I feel Nation... like the monk inclusion, uh, the, the monk inclusion
0: is definitely Dennis Spooner, but I don't know. I feel like some of the chasing around definitely feels like a chase. I, I think, think, uh, I I very think episode Nation. eight
3: a lot of episode eight with the whole uh, New Year's thing, uh, and episode eight's the one where they land on the cricket pitch, right? Or is that...
2: Yeah, that's that's so, yeah, not funny, yeah. <laughs> that's so... It's such a stupid moment.
3: It also gets referenced in a Benny but audio, is, which is but, parodying okay, but is the chase.
2: Any
0: more, but is, it any more, is it any more stupid than them... Yeah, exactly. Is, is it any more stupid than them going
2: to the Empire State Building in the chase? But That's actually funny and fun this this is just literally the scene is completely pointless
3: i i know i know terry nation had the broad strokes ideas for the second half of the story um and like like i knew he wanted an episode or two in ancient like in an ancient egypt setting
1: look Look, as far as I'm concerned, like, Dalek's Master Plan is the best of both worlds when it comes to Hartnell for me. You got Terry Nation, who's got the, you know, dramatic sci-fi concept of the Daleks behind him. And then you got Dennis Spooner injecting all the humor into it. Oh,
2: oh, oh, masterful. Uh, Dalek's Master Plan episode four, The Traitors, is one of my favorite individual episodes, Doctor Who. My God, that is a bloody tense and nasty episode. Like, I, I, you co- almost can't believe that this was, yeah. you know, given the okay by the BBC. No wonder Australia were like, "No fucking way, we're not showing this to kids."
1: Oh yeah, it's a brutal mm-hmm. story. Uh, yeah, so I, I so I understand for you, Dylan, why it's
0: really jarring. the the transition between Terranation and Dennis Spooner, but at the same time, I feel like the the levity of the second half is much needed. Um, As you described, like, yeah, we had five straight episodes and kind of six, um, five straight episodes of just this utter depressing, beat you down until like, you just don't want to watch anymore uh, piece of hard sci-fi. And yeah, the levity comes on really strong when Dennis Spooner steps into it. But at the same time, you're kind of
2: relieved. I, at least I am. Um, well, and see how I, how plan. I would change the Daleks master plan is change the end of episode five and the beginning of episode 12. So that they kind of, you know, work together and then just have it as a six part story. Cause the oh, rest yeah, of it, not oh, yeah, really bothered. I, yeah, I'm, one to was, five and episode 12 are perfect. If that had just been a six part single Doctor Who story, probably my favorite Doctor Who story.
0: I, I could agree with that. And actually, I was about to bring up the point as well that, like, it the, the the idea of the Daleks Master Plan that Terry Nation had is only suited to, like, six or seven parts. It's when you try to extend it for the sake of being a 12-part serial that you start to lose the story a bit. And, I, and, I, and again, I understand where you're coming from with it. Um, but getting into the story a bit, I do want to talk about one thing, uh, and that is Katarina's exit in episode four.
2: Oh... God, it's, it's I am, so good, but it's so nasty.
0: I am curious. Do we think that Vicky would have had the same exit? Because obviously the reason Brian yes. Ryan left in Mythmakers was because of her contract and all that. So if she was going to be in episode four, which, I mean, I guess she, she obviously was going to be, if she would have left the same way,
2: I feel like... Yeah, it no, would, no, she was. I still, feel like... Do that. I, I know it's... I know it's con- I've seen, like, uh, this... Yeah, it, it, it was going to be that way.
0: I could, oh man, because like oh, I'm, because uh, because I'm, I'm already torn up by Katerina's exit. Yeah, uh,
2: but if it has been Vicky, if it had been Vicky, dude, be able to live I'd love.
1: Like the story would also be on another fucking level at that <laughs> point. Just, oh, that would be so brutal.
0: The uh, story is also noteworthy for being the first Doctor Who appearance of one Nicholas Courtney, who is just fucking lovely in this story.
2: Honestly, I, controversial opinion. I think that Brett Vian is better than some appearances of the Brigadier. I can agree to that. Because there's a lot of. I think, I feel that kind of in the late Perry era, the Brigadier isn't that good. He's great in the early Perry era, but he kind of becomes a caricature. Still fun to watch, but a bit of a character too at the end of the film. Here's year. my Whereas issue. Brett Vine is just mm, a brilliant character. Here's, my issue. Get... here's Here's the difference with the Brig and
1: Brett. So, Brett's a f- highly flawed character, and the Brigadier is not. Yeah. I... Like, On
3: television. May, may, maybe, he, once yeah, you, yeah, maybe I'll
1: be a jigger. I mean, may, like, i bring up that Maybe once you get into Jacob, the expanded universe. Well, I think even. A Dylan
3: would agree if he's including if we're including scales of injustice. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, the well, yeah. But that's the, that's the if kind of stuff that they're, they're too if, afraid to if, put if, on TV because it's, it's a bit too. Yeah, different. if you get into. But they weren't in the EU 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 Master made, Plan. Yeah, if you get into the EU, maybe. But if
1: you're just talking about like the stuff on TV, he's, that's the main difference, I think. Yeah,
0: I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think, despite the fact, I, I don't think. <laughs> I do agree like Brett is just a stronger initial character than the Brigadier is. But at the same time, Brett Vion, I don't see much longevity in beyond his one appearance. Uh, I can't see him. Yeah, exactly. So like, so the Brigadier works, uh, works better because yeah he, he he's a character that can certainly last longer and you can tell more stories with brett vion definitely is one and done now there is and even with
3: the brig even on tv there are some flawed moments i mean se- season seven the brig oh yeah well, they season, the silurians season... oh yeah
0: yeah i mean season,
3: uh, like I'm early brig gay is
0: yeah um absolutely perfect also, um oh actually actually since we're talking about expanded universe as well, uh Brett Vion also has a lovely appearance in Guardian of the Solar System. That is oh, absolutely yeah. great, he
1: oh, does that's, that's hot that oh, is so, that scene. So that scene. basically basically I'm the type of motherfucker who considers all of that expanded universe stuff is basically an extension of Feast of Steven in the sense that it is still part of the Daleks master plan. Oh, I I agree
2: with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But
0: uh, however, I would say I would I would listen to the K- Sarah Kingdom trilogy after the story. Like I would I would use it as an epilogue rather than throwing oh, it in. Oh yes, thing.
2: definitely. Oh yeah, but I, I, but like the Santarans or what? Oh yeah, well, spoiler love in
0: ordinary life. Which
2: actually, I can't believe we haven't talked about Episode Twelve yet. Because my God, Episode Four is still the best. But well, I, actually, before, before we get into that, can we talk? Second.
0: Before we get into that, can we talk about Sarah Kingdom?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so Sarah
0: Kingdom, I think, is just a fantastic character. A character that I can see more longevity in than, than Brett Vion. And I would have loved her to stay on as a companion. However, her her one character arc throughout the episode she appears in in this story is just too perfect. I I, I can't see her character going any other way. She starts off this... Basically, basically a horrible person. I mean, not, not horrible, but at the same time, you know, she is very blinded by by her orders and, she, and she's very by the book and she doesn't question her orders, which, uh, which ultimately leads to, I guess, spoilers, um, her brother Brett Vion's demise, uh, which she causes. And she's really broken up by this. Uh, I, I want to bring up the Target novel again because... John Peel writes some lovely internal monologue for Sarah Kingdom after she joins the TARDIS about how she really is haunted by, by her brother's death and, and and what led up to that moment. And so to see her character go from would never think of anything else beyond what she's told to do and would never uh, would never step outside of her orders to sacrificing her life for the doc- to save the doctor and Stephen and a shitload of planets that the that the Daleks would have uh, would have conquered. I think it's a lovely arc, uh, and uh, I guess that transitions us into Episode Twelve, unless anyone else had anything to say on Sarah Kingdom.
3: Um, I'd say Jean Marsh is just um, a, a, she's a she's a different caliber of actress. In
4: like, what way?
3: Just that she's she is all she always has a presence um and she always plays someone memorable like uh, yeah not, okay just, yeah
0: like, definitely
3: just like she's it, it's she's just sort of a, a type of actress that you don't always see nowadays
2: like uh um, oh yeah she's brilliant uh proper classically trained actress and just amazing um, cuz mm. i've before i got into
3: doctor who i i famously saw her in return to oz
2: <laughs> where she plays
3: a severed head um <laughs> You
0: famously that... saw her, like everyone talks. Yeah, you're famous. Everyone Licklider talks about that time that that, that that Jacob
2: Junior. Oh. You, you, know,
3: you know, know that that's because... not what I meant. Uh, that's that's just it's it's just this it's it's.
2: That's not what I meant. I, I meant and more. like we while. have Jacob Licklider, famous viewer of Return to Oz. <laughs> I I mean Walking more like the Jacob Licklider return. has
1: built up his reputation for watching Return to Oz. <laughs>
3: You know what I actually meant. <laughs>
4: yeah, I know what you
3: mean. The film is famous for her having a severed head. And it's just she's, just, she's just sort of this, she, she has such range, and she's just really good at the character. And it is kind of a shame that, like, she didn't want to stay on. Because, like, they offered did, did her. Did they offer her
0: to stay on? Like, did they, <laughs> did they ask her if she wanted to stay on? I, I, believe, I, they,
3: just... I believe they offered her, but she said no.
0: Huh. Interesting.
2: Well, it should have had a lot of, like, big demand in film and wouldn't, probably wouldn't want to get tied down to a TV show.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. At, at least, least
0: not a, te- TV. Oh, shit, least not a TV show
1: like Doctor Who. I just realized we didn't talk about Kevin Stoney at all.
2: Oh, right! Oh, what a <sighs> man.
0: So good in this.
1: Ah, blackface, I see. Not blackface. Oh, what? I'm pretty sure he's weird. he's blacked up a bit, dude. No, he's
2: not. No, he's a bit Asian up, but he's yeah. not black. The yellow faced him a little, but like it's. I it's mean, it, apparently black. he's meant to be half, like, kind of um, mixed race, like half Asian, half white. Yeah, but that being said,
0: I'd
1: love love Chen as a character. I'm I'm gonna look this up. Give me just, just also
3: a it's it's Kevin Stoney. He he's you can act
2: through any
1: blackface.
3: Well, it's... It's <laughs> weird. Like, this is an episode where you have Nick Courtney, Kevin Stoney, and the direction by Douglas Canfield.
1: Yeah, dude, I'm looking at an image of Tobias Vaughn right now, and now I'm looking at an image of Mavic Chen. My man's blacked up.
2: He's not meant to be blacked up. He's meant to be asian up. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but... Well, I'm sorry, but that is the canonical fact, my son. I love, I, the you the you know, images kind of an alien. Themselves.
0: Anyway, uh, yes, yeah, so there's that. Uh, he's he's great in this. I think he's I think he's a not a great character arc, but he. It's a it's it's a worthwhile watch because I do I do love watching him. If thinking he's in control of the Daleks, thinking he has this sort of p- power play over them, when uh, uh, and that all that leading up to his his death in the end, I think that's fun to watch. And of course, you know that's just another factor in the absolutely perfect uh, piece of television that is. Can episode we talk 12.
1: about his death scene though? Because like he performs it excellently. He does. He does. He's really he 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 goes out with a bang. No, with a ray gun, bitch. I'm going to fucking smack you. <laughs> anyway.
0: Um, uh, oh, and of course, I guess episode 12. We keep, like, almost talking about episode 12, but not really.
1: Done.
2: Episode 12 is brutal. It's it is. Right, I've, 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 t- I've lost the moment, man. I've lost the moment. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I guess I'll just go to scores
0: then.
3: No, no, Uh, it's, it's, it is a brutal episode and we, and it doesn't exist is, is, is the real shame. Like we have no idea like how the effects were done. I imagine because it was directed by Douglas Canfield, they were done, uh, they were done well, just, just by looking at his, like all of his other doctor who work. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
0: This was uh, his what? This is only Campfield's second story, right?
3: Uh, third. No, is. Third full story. Can I thought please... it was,
0: wasn't. Wait, wasn't his first The Time Meddler, though?
3: Nope. The first was. He first directed The Crusade. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. And then he directed episode four of Planet of Giants.
0: Gotcha.
1: Can we please just talk about the note this story ends on and how awesome it is like it is such a devastating devastating, like and it 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 still holds up to today is probably one of the most like dramatic you know somber moments in doctor who for me like a a lot of a lot of doc old doctor who you're like yeah in context this is really dramatic and it's kind of cool but this this is like it would still be devastating by modern standards. It's it's brutal. And the way it's performed is absolutely beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Love,
0: uh, I love Don't Steven we? sort of not, not quite flipping out on the doctor, but him just not being okay with the doctor at the end. Um, and, and that, really it's, it's and none just, of it's really, none of it's really even the doctor's fault. Steven
1: just kind of takes it out on the doctor. And that just the pain in the doc and William Hartnell's voice, as he, he says, a terrible waste. It's just, ugh. Oh.
3: Because there's really nothing else he can say. Like, it's basically an, I I tried to save them.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, I guess let's jump into scores out of 10. I'm interested to hear Dylan's. We'll start off with
2: his. Uh, nine out of 10. Nine out of 10. Okay, gotcha. Jacob? There's it.
3: Yeah, mine's a 9. If we were doing half marks, it'd probably be like a 9.5 out of 10.
0: Okay, uh, and I think me and Brian are going to have the same score. I give it a 10 personally.
1: I give it a 10, dude! Are you kidding me? I love it! Yeah, no no, but, uh, no, no amount of
0: silliness or cheesiness in the second half can really get in the way of my just adoration of this story.
1: Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I love it to bits.
2: I, I can't believe we're an hour in and we've only got the third story. Or is this the fourth? Four? Sto- fourth story. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right.
1: hopefully, hopefully,
0: we'll be done before the hour mark. We're at fifty-one minutes right now. So. <laughs> um, all right, let's jump into the massacre of Saint Bartholomew's Eve because yes, that's the full title. It's not just the massacre by quote unquote John Lucarati.
2: <laughs> aka um, Donald Tosh. Um. <laughs>
1: oh god um so uh... this story is still a depressing one it's less depressing than the end of dalek's master plan but we still have some really nice character stuff being carried over carried over from the last story and you know the the general story itself although depressing is fun at times and i don't know it's just it just follows up Dalek's master plan really nicely, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, yeah because it kind of it really explores Stephen, finally gives him the you know really deep characterization he's needed, and just shows how unokay he is with um you know what just happened and with the Doctor and all that. And it really does reach a beautiful climax with an amazing speech by William Hartnell, which is so sad it's missing because it has to be <laughs> one of the best speeches the Doctor's ever given. And- can, yeah. can we just? Oh, can I just, just love say, this. One. I it's know, so I... It's got so many great characters. It's got a great plot, and oh, I love it. I love, and it's. I'm very happy to see Doctor Who not being afraid to really take a look at the nasty side of history, even early on.
1: Also, yeah. can we can we just can we also just mention? I know it's not entirely related, but David Bradley's remake of this specific scene in uh, an Adventure in Space and Time does not do it justice. Uh,
0: I think oh. it, well, I mean, I think it does, it, it does justice to the story of William Hartnell, not to it, the story. It, well, right. But not
1: to, not to like, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Not to the character of the doctor. Yeah. that makes
1: Oh, sense. but just, oh, oh, it, it's so good. I love William Hartnell's performance. Mm. It, it's so, good. especially like when he's playing the, uh, the villain. The, the, he's, the, the <laughs> app, it's not the villain. Or, He's, like, set up as the villain early on, and he's he's not. No, no, he's not. He's an angry man!
0: The Advent of Amplas is not in in any form an antagonist in this story. I thought he... Why am I thinking he was,
1: then? No, he gets fucking killed halfway through. (laughs) Anyway, for some reason, William Hartnell's in a double role in this story, which doesn't make sense, but whatever. Well, you know, uh, I've got
0: to have a mistaken identity plot.
1: He's, st- he's still really good in the role, so, like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I
0: will say, I don't think this is a story that would benefit much from animation.
2: Oh, I think it would, because there's so many characters, it can be a little difficult to keep up. Well, that and, the like, doing animation
1: would just get it more out there. Because in terms of, like, the missing stories that are talked about, the massacre isn't really talked about a lot.
0: Yeah, you mean the Massacre
1: of St. Bartholomew's Eve? I'm not
0: saying the whole title. You have to say the whole title.
3: I'm so passionate about that. All right, so the Massacre of St. Bartholomew's Eve. Thank you. Or I I think it should be called the Massacre of St. Bartholomew's Day, because that was actually. (laughs) That was actually when the massacre took place on St. Bartholomew's Day.
0: Didn't the massacre last into the day? Like it started?
3: Nope, it started on the day, historically. Ah, fuck you, Joey. So I mean, technically, technically, it should be The Massacre of St. Bartholomew Eve is the full title, not with the apostrophe S, because the day was St. Bartholomew. It is, because French is a weird fucking language. Um, Look at me, I'm Jacob. I know things. (laughs) Brian,
0: what can you actually tell me about the plot of The Massacre of St. Bartholomew Eve?
3: Why do you think I'm pulling out random facts? Because I have... I've seen this story three times, and I have... Yeah, it's, it's a very difficult story for me to watch.
1: Oh no, I was just calling—I was calling Brian's uh, knowledge into question. I can tell you that it takes place in France and that a massacre happens and that Stephen is really fucking edgy all the time. I mean, he kind of has reason to be. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I love—I love, um,
0: love Anne Chaplet, the character that uh, that Stephen gets close to throughout the story.
3: Um. Are we going to talk about Dodo? Because I want to talk about Dodo. Well, we can talk about
0: Dodo. Yeah, sure. Go ahead.
3: So, canonically, she's uh, actually escaping uh, being sexually assaulted when she runs into the TARDIS. (laughs) What the (laughs) fuck? (laughs) That is not canon. Yes, it is. Steve Lyons wrote it. Steve Lyons wrote it. Wait a minute.
0: Wait a minute. And and it's a BBC book. It's not even a virgin book. It's not a virgin
2: book. She seems fairly upbeat for somebody who's running away from being sexually (laughs) assaulted. (laughs)
1: she's probably just happy she got away you know
3: oh wait this is after like two days of being kidnapped by this guy what (laughs) the hell (laughs) she also becomes friends with with this guy by
1: the end of the book so you can't even do you can't even be like oh yeah she's upbeat because she got away she'd be fucking terrified dude yeah 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 what the hell steve lyons what were you thinking bro Steve Lyons is a wonderful Steve.
0: Speaking of Steve Lyons, it is a wonderful time to plug Doctor Who Time of Your Life coming, uh, actually, by the time this comes out, coming out tomorrow. Part one releases tomorrow and the the subsequent... uh, I think we're all in it.
3: We're all in it, aren't
0: we? We are all in it. Brian plays the Doctor. Dylan plays the lovely Raymond Day. Jacob plays Uh, one Grant Markham and I play Zed Mantelli. It's a lovely time. It's a really fun story. It's written by Steve Lyons. Anyway, back to the discussion, Jacob.
3: Yeah, so yeah, that happens. Also, um... Uh, <laughs> what? What? You do this a lot, Jacob. This story needs the visuals. It, it, the I do
1: think, recon... think so. I think it works without it. The
3: recon...
0: I mean, yeah, the recon's a bit shit. But, I mean, I could still follow it well enough. See, I always have... This is the
3: one that I just have difficulty with. Hmm. Dylan, oh. do you have any difficulty with
2: The story. I mean, not really, but I can totally understand why somebody would. It is quite. It is a complicated story with a lot of characters. That is quite sometimes a keep up with who's who because of the reconstruction. I Animated, also feel like it would, just it would be much more beloved. Not
1: seeing Cardinal so, so as the abbot is, what, what is
2: what really saying, difficult. What you're what
1: you're telling me is Jacob can watch Ghostlight and understand that fucking flawlessly, but yeah. he, can, he can. He can't watch the massacre of Saint Bartholomew's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> what to the be fair,
2: fuck? You, think you have a very high IQ to enjoy Ghostlight. Of course,
1: yeah. <laughs> Of course, my bad. <laughs> I don't. I don't read Stephen King novels in a fucking day like Jacob does. Uh, like, I even, haven't done. A even Stephen Stephen Jacob King,
0: doesn't read Stephen King Stephen novels King's in a, a day.
1: day.
3: Anyway, I think the fastest huh? I've read one of his books is like. Okay, so... two days.
0: So we all know about the thing at the end where um, where apparently Ian and Barbara were supposed to show up and and see the TARDIS. Uh, yeah. Is yeah, yeah. there? Do we feel that would have taken away from the story a bit? I definitely do. I feel like it, no, I I feel it, would, like it nice. would have.
1: I feel like it would have. I did, I I am so glad they did not do that because it would it would have just been shit. Definitely, I agree with that, Brian.
3: It would have made it a bit sad that like even even a bit more sad that this story is missing.
0: Oh yeah, I did not see William Russell and Jacqueline Hill. Anyway, uh, all right, let's, uh, let's jump into ratings. Rings out of ten for the massacre of Saint Bartholomew's Eve, Jacob. Uh, six out of ten. I agree with that. I give it a six out of ten, Brian. I'm gonna give it. An, I'm gonna give it a seven. Jake, Dylan, what's yours? Because I swear.
2: <laughs> My what? What's Score. your rating out of ten for, for this story? Um, i will probably say Eight. Oh,
0: all right then interesting all right uh brian actually likes a hartnell story more than i do that's that's weird uh anyway let's uh let's get right into oh uh, i can't remember the name of the people that wrote this story let's get it into... um, it's
2: paul erickson and uh leslie scott
0: that's it. Uh, let's go into the ARC by those people! <laughs> en- Encyclopedic oh, okay. Doctor Who knowledge
2: okay, right here. look look, I Did love... you know that Paul Erickson was the one who actually wrote the script, and Leslie Scott was just his girlfriend-slash-wife, who he credited, even though she said she didn't want to be credited.
0: Huh. That is interesting. As... I knew Paul Erickson. I couldn't get Leslie can we, Scott.
1: Can we just be honest with ourselves? As much as we love the ARC, it's not a good story. It's a great- what? Take what? him to the security, security kitchen.
0: kitchen. <laughs> we did the thing. Sorry, go on.
3: <laughs> as 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 the as the only actual monoid present can we banish? Can I begin? <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, I I am, in fact, blind in one of my eyes, so... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no!
4: (laughs) Jacob,
3: You didn't think I would go there? I didn't think you would, but you weren't there! Dude, it's like... This is like the one story... I'm allowed to joke about because of my eyes. representation,
2: <laughs> Jacob. How I do. Feel,
3: do. You feel empowered? I do. I do. Well,
4: I feel very empowered. Talk, can we also
0: talk, talk the about the monoid how- stand for the oppressed? They 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 represent Jacob's one eye. <laughs> 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 oh, oh shit. <laughs> uh, so this is the lovely story that inspires the name of my channel um that i just adore so much um, also
3: can we okay i'm gonna be honest some people hate the first half of this story i think it works really well as just some fun standard doctor who fare um that's almost necessary to build i will up say though fix. if
0: i i agree but i do think that if it didn't have
3: parts three and four i would not like this story very oh, much. oh
2: yeah no no no, no. It, it,
3: it only works with parts
2: three and four what yeah. I will say is my favorite thing about this episode is the part two cliffhanger. And the reason is, this is one of the most effective cliffhangers in Doctor Who, if you really think about it. Oh, thing. yeah. Because I'll, what's I'll, I'll the put- point of cliffhangers other than to keep people coming back? And yeah. so, in this cliffhanger, after just kind of getting immersed in this world for two episodes and them accidentally coming back and seeing this statue that's been in progress for the whole of the story, you come back to see it's clearly been 100 years later and there's a monoid. On it, all Like, well, bugger me! It's, what it's, the it's, hell yeah. has happened here? I I need of those to watch moments. this. It's, it's yeah. one of those
1: moments, right, where you just you you don't see the doctor's expression when he sees it, but you you just like you can you instantly know that he's just like, oh shit, my boy! What have we done? <laughs> <laughs> like, it,
0: it, it, I also one thing I do also yeah, about, about the part two cliffhanger back. is that is that the story legitimately just ends like it's done after parts one and two, and that brings you back. I, I remember actually being just so damn confused when I when I was watching it for the first time because I knew it was a four part story, and seeing that and I was like, oh well, the story actually just ended. What what can happen now? The TARDIS had just left, and now we're back, and now this Monolith statue is here, and I am just so invested. Exactly. Little, little did I know that parts three and four would be absolutely fucking ridiculous. They, (laughs) they are just the utmost
1: meme material. They really are. My favorite,
2: my favorite bit is when um, the monoid (laughs) accidentally gives away that they're planning something. Like when he's just like, "Oh, but you wouldn't know about the secret plan. (laughs) I've caught you out," and it's just so awkward and stupid.
0: I want to give I want to give some uh, I want to give some uh, some credit to uh, a favorite uh, series of mine that's no longer running on YouTube. Uh, doing Doctor Who, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. Um, they describe the monoids perfectly as like the worst villains ever. Like they'll say like where the where they're hiding the bomb like three times in a row and think like
2: nobody's listening to them. <laughs> it's literally pantomime, but it's, it's so lovely. great.
0: <laughs> and he like, and he like, one of the ones that like turned like conspiratorially to like the mono next one. They're like, the bomb is here. <laughs> it's like oh, there are like people right fucking there. You could say it. you could like not fucking say it right next to them. It's so... The
1: thing. It's like, it's like, it's part of me is like, it's got to be on purpose. But based on that first half, I'm also like, but are they actually writing this seriously though? I do, I do think it is it
0: is a sort of stroke of genius that, like, I, I I, do think it is on purpose that parts three and four are, are so comedic. Like, I think the writers are very they much aware need, of...
2: They needed okay. it after the Daleks' master plan and the massacre, two of the, by far the most depressing stories of Doctor Who. Yeah. And
0: also to, to to bring us back into the era of, you know, moving Doctor
1: Who. See, like, that's what I mean when I say it's the worst story, because I'm not sure, because if, if it's if it's done like that on purpose, then obviously that's masterful and awesome. But if it's not, like, <laughs> well, I, I, th- I think it, I think it really is done on purpose because like, the monologues are is. just
0: so obviously bad at what they do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, you you do not write the words "security kitchen" into your script and not and not think it's funny. Like, like you, that, There's no way it's serious. He could just be an idiot, Paul
2: Erickson. I mean, we didn't know what else he wrote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are they going to they jail? I know,
3: the security <laughs> here, to maybe, fact, maybe it. Maybe was... the
2: reason he credited his wife-slash-girlfriend was to absolve him of some of the criticism. <laughs> okay, so apparently apparently he wrote crime drama uh, and B-movies. <laughs> I, drove... I hope his crime dramas had better villains than the Monoids like. Well, he
3: wrote for the TV series The
2: Saint.
1: I don't um know. I never heard
3: it? of it I, I think that's how roger moore got his start oh as an actor <sighs>
2: <sighs>
1: <sighs> yeah i agree dylan <laughs> fuck <laughs> um anyway so uh
0: any
2: uh final thoughts on the arc <laughs> eight out of ten Although what, what I will say is I really like it that it's a story that takes look like, at the consequences of the Doctor's actions. And like, you know, yeah. when, the impact he has is when he lands somewhere and then fucks off. More stories should do that, as it's always very interesting. You can yeah, do a lot I, with...
1: I completely concur with that sentiment. Oh, I will say Jacqueline Rayner
3: wrote, was... wrote a prequel to the arc for Big Finish. No That way. is great. I want to hear this. What's yeah, it called? And,
0: and Jacob, you said it happens between parts two and three, right? Like, no, no, no. it happens
3: up? before. It happens before the monoids even get on the ship. It's a it's a monoid origin story.
0: <gasps> oh my god, but I what need is this. this. Which audio is this?
3: It's a Benny audio. It's called Kingdom of the Blind.
0: Because because I think I was talking with you about this, Jacob, and I was like, I just want it to be between parts two and three, and I want Benny to be the dumbass that, like, that, <laughs> that lets the monoids get into power and
3: teaches no, them no, to speak. Here's the, thing. <laughs> the monoids start in power. Benny's the one who accidentally makes them become slaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's literally they go full circle. That's makes them so become great. slaves and lose their power of speech.
0: That's so great.
3: It's, it's an hour of, of absolute absurdity with Benny and Jason.
1: I love that. Anyway. See, I just want a sequel to the arc. Don't we all in the end? Too much to ask for?
0: So anyway, Brian, you already um, yelled out your rating, uh, even though I asked for final thoughts and not ratings, but uh, but I do Too agree with Too bad, to
1: that is my final thought. 8, eight
0: out, out of ten. 10. I agree, I give it an 8. Jacob? Uh, I'm going to be the contrarian, fucking give
2: it a 7. Fuck As you! Fair, I probably should I, give it I, a 7, but I'm just feeling well disposed to it because we just had a good laugh.
4: Yeah. And I thought,
2: well, anything <laughs> that can give me a nice, good laugh like that, you know, bring people together. Yeah, you know, it's got to be an A. We should, totally we,
1: watch, we should totally do a group watching of the Ark sometime. We should. It'd be fun. Yeah, we it's should circle
2: over it.
3: I mean, it's going to end <laughs> me, me... It is going to have me d- just making all of the blind jokes. Anyway, um,
0: um... You know, I... I, How the fuck am I only just realizing this now? Uh, both big namesakes of my channel happen right in a row. So we have the ARC featuring the security kitchen and, uh... The Celestial Toymaker, where this very podcast gets its name from. Uh, so Eeny,
4: oh. meeny,
0: miny. My Brian <laughs>
3: Hales! And, and I By the toe.
2: And Donald You Tosh. can't say the N word,
3: that's racist! I've Have stopped
2: racism. How does Celestial Toymaker to say the N word? <laughs> Eeny, meeny, miny, moe.
1: And how are you going to stop me from saying the n-word from beyond the grave? I'm
2: going to say the n God. I'm, I reckon that we should give the king of hearts a hard n-word pass. We Somebody should... out there, please give it to him, retrospectively. Okay. Let's, let's... So, so, when,
0: so when they animate the Celestial Toymaker, they need to keep that in. It's, it's yeah,
2: yeah, they need to get... You know, somebody at the BBC you give them an N-word pass, so yeah. then they can put up the DVD, and it's fine. Did you
0: guys see that guy on Twitter that like, that that like dressed up as the Joker and oh, said, "Oh, the, the
1: Joker N-word, N-word countdown! <laughs> yes, yes, so was good." Brilliant.
0: <laughs> and, and his like Twitter bio for a while was uh, was like current owner of the largest number of N-word passes. Oh no, no
2: yeah, no, he genuinely got DM'd so many He did. N-word he did. It was
0: so good.
1: Anyway, um, oh, <laughs> so speaking anyway.
0: of N-Word, the Celestial Toy Maker, um, I love
1: the film. Celestial Toy Maker. It's it's I, another of my favorites from the
2: season.
3: I just, I I, I, think do, I, don't, I don't adore concept. It. I, I just. You
1: think
3: it's just, a racist concept? I think it wastes its. Concept. You think it's a racist I, concept? No, 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 I, no, no, no. I am not because the Edward, I, I am not Elizabeth Sandifer. I I don't believe this is. An inherently racist story. I, I I just think it wastes its concept. I yeah, think it think does racist
1: it. Racist I, see, I think the contrary. I think it does it really well. Like I I like that the entire <laughs> yeah, concept is great. great. No, not that. Shut the fuck <laughs> up, Dylan. <laughs> like the the idea that every episode is like a new little board game, as there's one bigger game going on, and like the way it's executed, aside from the N word. Is, re- that, is the really delivery nice. of that line
2: was brilliant. What are you talking about? <laughs> what did you see,
1: say? I see,
0: like, it's interesting. He said the delivery of the line anyway. Um, I <laughs> see, I I do agree, <laughs> I, I agree. I agree with Ryan that I think it like it uses its concept really well, but it also like only uses its concept and doesn't like try to tell too much of a plot beyond Steven and Dodo play a couple games. <laughs> Uh, and <laughs> Dylan, I swear. <laughs> Say it. Go ahead. Type it. Go ahead. I swear. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> um, uh, D- Dylan, Dylan's being the worst right now for those, obviously, who won't know what he's typing.
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> he's the bee meme! Um...
0: <laughs> Michael Goff is in this and
3: he's lovely. I love Michael Goff. I'm, I'm, I feel sad that he didn't try to come back for Big Finish when they adapted the Nightmare Fair. Oh yeah, wasn't he's he, really good. Wasn't he already dead when they did the Nightmare Fair?
0: No, nope, yeah.
1: he was still alive. Huh. Maybe he just didn't want to do it.
2: Well, maybe, well just because he's still alive doesn't mean you're, you know, in a state to still be that's, doing work. Yeah,
1: that's
2: true. Well, I know they offered it to him but he was like, well, you know well, what?
1: Thanks. the guy, who, The guy who took over is really good. Is the I haven't heard it. I, I yeah, know. he's have good. You, have you heard Solitaire? Yeah, no, I, I, haven't. Heard Solitaire. I, I haven't heard any of the big finish toymaker stuff. Well, yeah, well you should,
0: because Solitaire. they're good. Now now it's it's not like a new incarnation of the Toy Maker, right? It's still meant to be the Michael it's, Goff. It's toymaker. meant to
3: be the same character, but like he but just has a new face. He just has a beard now.
1: Like don't get me wrong, Michael Goff is good, but I, I I really do prefer the big finish version.
0: I do think, for as minimal as Hartnell's role is in the story, I think he has a really good rapport with Goth. He does, he does, he does.
1: Yeah. I agree with that.
0: Like, like that. Like for me at least, that's the most interesting stuff in the story. And like, I would only really find the games interesting if, if we could, if we had the footage of it.
3: Um, I, I'd also argue that, like,
1: Dylan, the, I swear to God, the
3: battle, the, the, I think the drive of the story should be not shouldn't be the board games with Dodo and Stephen because they're kind of. It should be the battle of wits between the Toymaker and the Doctor.
4: Yeah, yeah. and they
3: ruined that. Re- and really the Doctor maybe. be missing for most of the story. Yeah, yeah.
0: Do we think this would have worked as as it was originally proposed to be
1: Hartnell's last story? Or no, was? no. Actually, no. wait a minute. Maybe because he's he's got he's got a bit more of a more of a presence in this than he does in the Tenth Planet.
0: Well, it's interesting because I think that. Uh, Dylan, you need to stop that. Um, I think <laughs> well, I, I think it's interesting because I do think like as a story, it could really work as Hartnell's last story as the Doctor, but at the same time, it would completely change how we look at regeneration and if if, if we we would still even have the concept of regeneration. I don't think yeah. the show would have
3: lasted as long if they did it if, if they did it the way they were planning in this. Definitely. Definitely.
0: So yeah. Um, oh, and Cyril just a little bitch. I fucking hate him.
2: Oh, I love Cyril. Um, he's yeah, such but a he, mad lad. He, he, I identify he, with Cyril. Here's the, thi- here's
1: the thing <laughs> about C- Cyril Joey. <laughs> you know he's a strong villain when you absolutely hate him. And that's oh, why oh, yeah, I love oh, yeah. him I, I, so
0: I, When I When I said I hate Cyril, I hate, like, oh, I,
2: hate you him. See I love him as a character. You're going to play with me.
1: <laughs> oh, I, lo- I love that Episode four exists in its entirety. It's, yeah, it's the
2: it's best subject episode. episode. Oh, it is yeah. my favorite. It's is when you like, like, on his own powder the and just episode. becomes a baked potato. It's just like, I win, I win, I win. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, the,
3: it's it's honestly, it's the only episode of this of the story outside of like the first few scenes of part one that really start that really feels like for, like like it's going for the like the sort of surrealist take that Hales originally intended. Because like yeah, Brian yeah. Hales had this like really nightmarish idea that Donald Tosh had to rewrite entirely. All yeah, right. and,
0: and, and and it makes and it makes the first couple parts like a lot more innocent than Brian Hales originally wanted, and the fourth part like is a bit darker because of the character of Cyril.
1: Ah, so what you're saying is there were going to be more n words in it? Of course, of course.
2: Yeah, that's what he meant by dark. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, God.
2: No! Dylan! <laughs> hey, I hate this! <laughs>
1: Goodbye, see you all in the next episode of Slash <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Christ.
3: Jesus yeah. Christ, dude. <laughs> we haven't even talked about also, just how dark this cliffhanger is. Let's talk about how dark the cliffhanger to this story is, because fuck it, it's dark. It's like I- I always thought the Doctor was being poisoned. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, like, that's how he's acting! Alright, then.
2: just
4: goes, a... oh!
3: oh!
4: <laughs> <laughs> <See, laughs>
2: So just see, you know how Doctor crazy. Who and the Pirates has a cliffhanger where the cliffhanger is the Doctor's about to sing? Yes. They <laughs> should have a- they should have a cliffhanger where the Doctor's about to say the N-word. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> Evil and, oh no, you
0: are going to say the N-word. Yes, I <laughs>
4: I, <am. laughs> oh, oh, no. I know,
2: Perry. I'll take you to N- <laughs> <laughs> Why that stupid
1: little <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I'm gonna stop this now. All right, ratings out of 10, Brian. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> Eight. All right, Dylan.
2: And out of 10.
0: <laughs> Shut up. What do you giving <laughs> What? That goes seven, then. <laughs> seven. All right, Jacob. A,
2: a three. I really don't what? like what? this what? one. Where
3: did that come from? I the only the only good part about this is episode four. <laughs> I hate the first three episodes.
2: Huh? You just don't like good old fashioned racism. God oh damn my God, it! I'm going to smack the shit out of you. This is, this is you. the
3: worst episode. I hate
0: this one. God. Oh <laughs> right. um, no, but we
3: had to have Dylan on. I gi- I give
0: it, I give it a six out of ten. Oh, uh, there. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Let's move on to... Oh, God, I love this next one so much. The Gunfighter is
2: by... Tom <laughs> it's your the last chance. The fingers and bells on bells their toes. The, the, the girls come to the car me. over there. I I hate hate it so so because it's all out of sync. Yeah. And he needed here when there's blood upon the sawdust. Sawdust in the, the last,
0: last chance
2: alone. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, Peter Purvis's uh, singing voice is
0: <laughs> terrible. <laughs> well, so, it look like, well, like you put he like. He clearly hates the, the fact he he, do He's like, and your know, one consolation is the last chance alone.
1: <laughs> mind yeah. you, mind you, they've already but given out know, one the story consolation that is the last chance alone. But anyway, there's nothing oh. more
2: fun on the whole planet than the gunfires. It's just, oh, yeah. I, it's so, just oh, it's it's so good. A, it's and I'm going to be honest.
4: Story. I'm going to be I, honest. I,
3: let me be honest here. Oh, no. Uh, the, the, just using <laughs> the, the ballad as sort of this non-diegetic... <laughs> let, let,
0: let, me, let me be honest here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> using the ballad as this non-diegetic sort of framing story, I think works really well. I agree with that Steven
0: gets lynched (sighs) you say that every single time we talk about the (laughs)
1: gunfighters Dylan's thing is when it comes to classic who he always has to make it about race in that unreli- How is that
0: about race? Steven okay, Joey's so the one making the racist connection. See, Brian, people other than black people can get lynched. I hope you realize that, Brian. Or is, yeah, you, or are you so racist? Brian is the one who's that- making
2: about race, the yeah. massive racist. I'm just...
1: American history is fresh in my head right now, okay?
2: Well, Any- I do you know, I lynched a white person just today. It's <laughs> <Here's> the racist <laughs> house. <laughs> <laughs> but Brian, is American
0: history as fresh in your head as these fresh American accents in this story?
1: I'll talk it like...
3: <laughs> oh, mind you, mind you, one of the actors, Shane Rimmer, he's Canadian. Is he really? Okay. Yeah. He should be able to do at least his natural accent and look, it would sound closer look, to American. gunfighters...
1: Do we really have to talk about gunfighters anymore? It gets a 10 out of 10 simply because of the fact that it has funky, fresh rhymes, okay? Yeah. <laughs>
0: This may one the, of Hartnell. I've like, never heard the Ballad of the Last Chance Saloon described as funky fresh dry. I, <laughs> I love the
2: Ballad of the Last Chance Saloon. Everybody <laughs> says they hate it. Get a sense of humor. Seriously, it's, it's right. so much fun. Hilarious. So much fun.
3: Also, can we just all agree that Hartnell is having so much fun just playing? <laughs> he is. A he
0: part? Is. One of my absolute favorite moments is Hartnell's comedic timing when he's introduced to the Clanton brothers, and he's like, "Oh, the Clanton brothers! Oh dear, I mean." <clears throat>
3: How do you yeah, <laughs> or the
0: also, yeah, yeah, this, this really brings out
2: Hartnell's of, comedic like,
3: back. Every time yeah. anyone gives him a gun, he's like, he tries to pass it up, and then it just gets shoved back into his hand.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, though. Like, when I went into it the first time, I was like, I was, I had, I was like, really, really worried. And then I came out of it, and I was like, everybody says this story is terrible, but it's amazing. I love it. It's, yeah. It's so awesome. Oh,
0: yeah. um love peter perverson also like i do think this is jackie lane's most fun performance because you can tell she's having a really great time and i really do enjoy dodo yeah, in this it's, one it's
3: the only time she looks like she's having
2: fun in the role
3: it also yeah. is like the only yeah. story to give dodo some semblance of sense like like when she threatens Doc holiday with like, at gunpoint
0: yeah, yeah that's
2: actually a good scene for dodo what well, it is it's it like it is is actually one
0: not even like reason... jokingly, like the rest of this story is like it's actually good for her character.
3: Yeah. Well, no, and the only reason she gets foiled by Holiday, because because she's like she was she wasn't expecting him to like say yeah okay we'll go back. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like wait wait what that this is this is actually working.
0: I love the guy. I forgot the name of the actor. The guy that plays Doc Holiday in this, he's really Anthony Jacobs. He is. He's related
2: him. to the writer of the TV movie. He's the father of the writer of the TV movie.
3: Oh seriously. Yeah. The, the, no. the kid was, oh, oh that's he, awesome. He brought that's he good. brought his kid to the set of this story one day. That is awesome. I love oh, Matthew Jacobs is great. Okay, that's that's awesome.
1: Huh. Oh hey,
2: hey Joey uh get, get, no, the guy who plays Dot Holiday is so much funny. So, the
1: Hero Collector's doing a Twitter giveaway of the Exelons and uh and K9
2: Mark ones. Is this relevant on a, a podcast, mate? No, it's but not.
1: but but Joey brings up Twitter stuff on my shit all the time, so it's it's, it's true. I, I, do. I, do.
2: It's I wouldn't have any of it if you but,
0: but but jokes on you, Brian, I saw that already.
3: So we also agree, like the woman who plays Kate is also just hilarious.
0: Everyone in this story is just having such a great time. You know who isn't though? Rex fucking Tucker.
3: <laughs> Why <laughs> did I enjoy it?
0: No, he, he's 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 the director of it, and he fucking hated it so much. He requested he not be credited in the last episode. So when you watch episode four of the Gunfighters, there is no director credit. Is there, <laughs> there is it. There is there is there is no director wow. credit. Yeah, he fucking hated it. <laughs> I, I'm surprised he, he directed Joe <laughs> exactly, and I'm surprised he directed it in the first place because he left he left early production of Doctor Who with such a sour taste in his mouth. Why he did this? I
3: have no clue. He did an excellent job. Oh yeah, because he was supposed to be like one of the main sort of like instrumental people in like the very beginning.
0: He was he was the first director of Doctor Who. Um, he was, he was supposed to be at least. Uh, and then he left because he he didn't he didn't like being bossed around by a woman. Oh yeah. Lass and ass, hen- nice and, h- and hence and hence the Gunfighters isn't long after Verity Lambert left as far as production goes. Damn
1: yeah anyway <laughs> so, so uh, what do we think we should move on to final thoughts now just putting it out there brilliant. is this
2: your channel Brian, I,
1: I said uh, joey, i said joey, wait wait got, before you joey, get I've on got my a little boat,
2: suggestion before, for you joey before you they get, they get just, on my you know if you fancy it, we should move on to final thoughts yeah? so see, You know, just
1: see
2: there we go i i i suggested it i i said I
1: think we should move on the final thoughts. I didn't I say- I think you should you suggest it, You, said it, you said it
0: so forcefully, though. I felt like it
1: was I was being I, great I, when you said, Hey, can we move
0: I on to final thoughts, to. Joey?
1: I was merely suggesting, which isn't what Caleb, or Jacob does. Caleb? <laughs> who the fuck is Caleb? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody so. else annoying who is, like, annoying in the same way that you are.
0: Who's Caleb.
1: I'll tell you later.
0: Is it someone you know personally? Yes! Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. Not to be confused with uh, novel adaptations add in coming. Uh, not to be confused with the lovely Caleb Hot, who uh, who is uh, playing Vale in our upcoming adaptation of Doctor Who: Times Crucible. He's hey. wonderful. He gets a uh, front cover credit. He is amazing in every way. And we found him uh, by do- by having him do a cameo role in uh, not really a cameo role, but it's like just it's a smaller part, a
3: bit part in, that we
0: need to in fill. Time of Your Life. And he was just that fucking good. So look out for him in Time of Your Life and in Times Crucible coming this February. Back I to the show. You. Alright, uh, let's do ratings out of 10. I give it a 9, personally. Uh, so do
1: I. I give it a 9. Jacob? I, I give it an 8.
2: Ta- Dylan! I'm the basic bitch who's giving it a 7.
3: What? <laughs> Dylan's the most controversial
2: here.
0: Is he? Are, are, are you just talking about those, Dylan, or like, are, you, are you being serious? I
2: don't know. What's wrong with giving it a 7? I mean, it's not like it's a fucking masterpiece.
1: It is, though. <laughs> I love it so much.
2: It's just fun. Uh, to the wilds to say, of that, particularly.
1: Okay, then. These next two stories aren't fun for me, however, I don't my next two.
0: Okay, fine, Brian. You can start off talking about The, the Savages. savages. The, the, the Savages, I can speak today, uh, by Ian Stewart Black. Excuse by... me,
2: you'll, thi- you'll find it's actually Doctor Who and The Savages.
0: Only in the uh, only in the end of the Gunfighters, uh, it's not, yes,
2: not Doctor Who and the Savages.
1: Okay, Brian, would you like to open on this one? Anyway, so Doctor Who and the Savages is a uh, is a not. I'm I'm not into it. I don't feel it. Everybody else feels it. I don't. No,
2: no, nobody else feels it. It's it's a really, really? good episode.
0: It's so appreciated.
1: appreciated. Really, nobody else feels it.
0: No, no, it's no, not no really very Brian, well nobody really fine.
1: Nobody feels episode. that. Oh nope. good. So my opinion isn't controversial. Yeah, I don't like the yeah, savages. But you're still wrong. For, for pretty much all the reasons everybody else doesn't like the savages. Now
0: that you only know that everyone else doesn't like the savages. Um No, I think I I mean I think it's a I think it's an excellent story. Um Although there is a, a common theme you'll find in Ian Stewart Black's writing that he just everything he writes tends to revolve around secret government conspiracy that he's that he's probably in his room getting high writing about um, which is <laughs> pretty
1: fun. Oh wait, he wrote the Macro Terror later on, didn't he? And the War Machines. Yeah. Oh, well, War Machines is But uh, I, I do like... I do genuinely love Macro Terror. It's, it's my favorite trout and zoo. I don't know. I guess third time's the charm with him. Yeah,
2: well, with, with the savages, there's really not too much interest in the story. Maybe being like Beaver being found or animated might help, but I don't know. It's just a story with not too much to it. And I, I just result, I feel it's like it's a
1: really just, underwhelming. Just re- yeah, it
2: never really grips your attention at all. I
1: enjoy it. I feel like I'm... it's a really underwhelming conclusion for Steven, too, you know? Like, we spent so much of this series, like, getting to know him and how he works as a person. And it's just, like, to to have it leave off on that is kind of, eh. I think he has a nice exit.
0: I, I really like Steven's exit.
1: Um... I'm not a fan. No, I
0: like it a lot. It
1: should have been dark and depressing! Uh, no, it's... <laughs> See, but here's the thing. Even, I mean, not that I want
0: to get into the expanded universe argument, but even then, like, Steven's not left in a necessarily happy situation. He's basically burdened with the responsibility of of looking over these people.
1: Actually, yeah, that's true. I haven't listened to the locked room, but I gather it's really fucked up.
0: I would definitely recommend listening to War to End All Wars and the Founding Fathers before the locked room because it's a it's a trilogy by Stephen. Oh, and, and
1: all and Oliver Harper, right?
0: Yeah, 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 I mean basically my 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 biggest companion chronicle recommendations um are all the Simon Gearrier first doctor trilogies, Sarah Kingdom trilogy, Oliver Harper and uh Stephen. E- yeah. Anyway. Um what else? Oh yeah, but I mean it's it's a bit of a slow burn, but I I think I think the idea behind it's interesting. It's not amazing, but it's
3: And I, I know, think the guy, I, I think, think Frederick Yeager does a really good job as sort of like play like really going on this arc of this dictator character turning into a almost like a a better person because of it because of taking the doctor's essence like this is one of the first stories where the doctor it feels like the doctor is like the doctor at his core is a hero i really like
0: i really like the scene where he where he has to impersonate william hartnell and do like all the first doctor mannerisms
3: I wish we could see it. I wish this. Yeah, was I think not. that would
0: be really fun. Because, because I mean, you know, he like rubbed his lapels and everything. <laughs>
1: uh, Stephen, my boy, how are you today?
0: Would have would have been a lot of fun to see, but
1: uh, also yeah. my impression of Peter Purvis doing an impression of William Hartnell's *Pitch Perfect*. Sure.
0: Uh anyway, um Dodo I, I don't know this is one of the one of my least favorite dodo stories, actually. She this is one of her like most useless appearances. She does absolutely nothing in this. You know like, who's
1: you... my least favorite first Doctor companion? Who <laughs> Dodo. <a>
0: mystery. <laughs> I think uh, most people would be inclined to agree. Other there, than there's that... a
1: reason I haven't talked about her up to this point. She is useless in everything.
0: Well no, cause, cause at least at least in the arc, you know, she's the catalyst for the plot. I think she's really fun to watch in the gunfighters and she helps Steven solve all the all the problems in uh in Celestial Toymaker. This one though, she just does absolutely nothing.
2: Meh.
0: Dylan, uh, let's hear from the head of the uh the Dodo fan club.
2: The Dodo fan club. I'm not really a big dodo fan, I just think she's alright. <laughs> But I just don't hate her which probably makes me a biggest fan I suppose. I mean you're kinder to her than anyone
3: in the expanded universe. That's
2: <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I mean I haven't That is
3: severely there, true. Know? I really want Holy Dylan to write a I I
0: really want I really want uh, Dylan to write a a Dodo gets raped story now, like every other I, expanded universe. Writer I really has. don't
2: want to write that.
0: That sounds horrible. Well, you have to do it now. Now that you're heading are we to gonna make thing. him
3: write the mean... Man in the Velvet? Adapt the Man in the
2: Velvet? To be fair, I will adapt that. I haven't read it, but it, it sounds like an interesting story. Yeah, uh, it's the one
3: where Dodo gets space syphilis.
1: <laughs> well,
2: that's not fun. Doesn't I she think... die
1: from that later or something? No, she gets shot by the Master. Oh, nice.
2: Really they hated Dodo. Dodo in the Expanded Universe. You? <laughs> Maybe
3: that's why Jackie Lane hasn't come back yet.
2: He <laughs> <laughs> just read the book and was like, What the fuck? I don't want any more of this. <laughs> Is this what you think of me?
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, uh, any final thoughts on the savages?
1: I think it's pretty I... good. I give it a four out of ten. Interesting. Uh, well, I guess we're. I guess uh,
0: you know Brian's really good at uh, moving us on with our topics today. So uh, yeah, I guess it rings out a ten now. Uh,
3: Jacob, I give it a seven out of ten. It, it's a solid, good, fun story. I agree
0: with that. I give it a seven. Dylan,
3: five. Five.
0: All right. Fair enough. All right, uh, let us move on to the last story of season three. We're finally here after an hour and
1: thirty-four minutes. Oh no, a- this is one where people are going to hate me again. Yeah,
0: war yeah,
4: Brian the war machine. Brian, the war machine
3: has learned.
1: Go
2: ahead, Brian. Go I ahead.
1: don't actually remember making that remark. <laughs>
2: yeah, you said that. Oh well, how did the war machine get to work Will- He I mean? it's like a lift, he did! Brian. He a did. Where did he say that? In? <laughs> It, it was on uh, the Me and Matt's podcast,
1: I think. Ah, oh, well, those don't exist anymore, so you can't... Well, again. they do exist, so... <laughs> I don't remember that. I, ju- I just don't like it. I find it boring. That's a personal thing. What's boring about it? I don't know. Just, I just can't seem to get into it. Dodo kind of fucking sucks. Ben and Polly... Are eh. that William Hartnell's not giving his best performance in it until I'm like go ahead and, and hard disagree with until Alderman. like until like episode three?
0: Look, you, you can't really complain that Dodo's useless, she's barely a part of the story, and even then, it's probably the most useful she's been because she actually gets taken over by the villain and and uh and and goes up against the doctor. Ben and Polly, I think, are introduced magnificently, mostly due to the fact that I think the setting of this story is set up so brilliantly. I really well, feel... Yeah, Swing in the 60s, yeah, man. Yeah, this like, I really, I really feel the setting of this one. What? And it really, I am it so really makes the story, story
3: exists.
1: I, I just, just don't feel, feel like...
3: This feels like... It, if, if, there was, if there was a Hartnell story I wanted to show um, a New Who fan, it would probably be either this or the Time Meddler.
1: And that I just don't feel like Wotan and the War Machines are all that threatening for some reason. I I just don't buy yeah, it.
0: That, that I can kind of agree with, but most of that's down to like the look and act of the War Machines themselves. I think Wotan's threatening, but the War Machines themselves, yeah, they're, they're a bit Well, well Let me put it this
1: Wotan has a really cool voice, but other than that, he's just a bit and
2: shit. And he says, Dr. Hewton. Dr. It it isn't a comma.
1: It isn't a comma. There is no. It it is a comma. It's no. no Says Doctor Who. (laughs) His
2: name is canonically Doctor Who, Jacob. You just can't handle it. Doctor, comma. Who is required? No. No,
1: doesn't have a comma. That's only in the novelization. Bullshit. Is it actually in the novelization? Novelization. I'm pretty sure it is.
2: (laughs) Right. So let, let me kind of say why I really like this story. Because, uh, I mean, obviously the setting's part of it and, you know, how good Ben and Polly are apart But what I really like is how ahead of its time it is with concepts like, you know, AI and computers being connected together, like the Internet. These are the kind of things that, you know, nobody had really wrote about on, like, TV before. You know, yeah. these are really ahead of their time kind of stuff. Some really cool concepts to bring to the masses at this point. Something brand new and. I think that that's what I love about it. it's really Doctor Who experimenting, it going out feels... there, looking at very modern science.
3: It, it, it's like it's, it's also like the first story fun. where we're really set
2: back on Earth,
3: in yeah. like in on present day Earth. So like you start getting like these connections, like you get to you have this is like the first time we start to see the Doctor like really putting an influence on just Earth itself, like. Um, like, they're, they're, like, the Expanded Universe especially picks up on the threads here and, like, ties a lot of events together that start here. This is sort of, like, where the Doctor gets his first notice, if that makes any sense.
2: Yeah, the first time he interacts with the British government. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um... But yeah, uh, like I was saying, like, the setting really drags me into the story. And because of that, I, I really do fall in love with Ben and Polly's characters from the very beginning.
3: Um, oh, that's probably such it's... a step up on Dojo. They do. Oh, man. Um, and, and their, their relationship is fun. It's like they're two people who just sort of met in a bar and
2: started yeah. flirting.
3: I mean, what, what breath of fresh air?
2: really oh definitely I and wish.
0: it really is like like i mean really i i know it's me more looking at it retrospectively but really i mean it's a lovely start to to leading us into the trouton era you know how that's gonna feel it's gonna feel a lot more modern it's gonna feel it's gonna have a very different feel like the it, it's a very different sort of companion doctor relationship than we've had before even steven and dodo who did have this sort of like young kids hanging around with the grandpa sort of arc like like ben and polly did ben and polly still are are very different, because even at Steven and Dodo's most raucous times with the Doctor, they're still obedient in a way, and, and Ben and Polly are, are far from that.
2: Unless um, she's been told to make coffee of course. Of course, yeah. Well, it's just also, like, it's, also, so kicks it's the first
3: time where we really have, we have a TARDIS team that isn't sort of the um, old Doctor, older, uh, slightly older adult man and young child. Like... Yeah. Um, also, also, can we can
0: we get an F for Ian and Barbara? Who, uh, you know, the moment they step off the fucking TARDIS, the Doctor can now land in contemporary London whenever he wants.
3: <laughs> it's true, honestly. God. Which there was potentially supposed to be an Ian and Barbara cameo in this one as well. Seriously? Wait, was there really? They were gonna. Do, they were gonna do like they were in the massacre. There was potentially they were gonna do. Uh, That same thing, like you have that woman watching as the Tardis walks uh, dematerializes at the end.
0: Were were you about to say as the Tardis walks away?
1: (laughs) 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 See, here it would have worked a little better though, as like a nice little end of season thing. Yeah, yeah. But mind you, this wasn't this wasn't originally slated to be the end of the
3: season. They only decided to to do the smugglers as a holdover after they realized Hartnell was going to leave.
1: Like slapping slapping the stupid cameo into the end of the massacre just doesn't make sense to me. Doing it in the war machines does make sense to me.
0: I feel like it could. T- I feel like it makes sense in both. Like it makes sense in the massacre of Saint Bartholomew's Eve because it's the Doctor reminiscing on all, on all the people he's traveled with in the past. But it does make more sense in the war machines because whereas we only see. Contemporary London, or just contemporary England, at the very end
1: of the massacre of Saint Bartholomew's Eve.
0: Because well, the war machines is set entirely in in, in contemporary London.
1: Well, because here here's the thing, right? Like I imagine that that scene would play uh, something along the lines of Ian or Barbara goes, Ah, yes, the Doctor yeah. saving the world again. And if you have that in the massacre, yeah. if you have that, well, that in the massacre, that line. that doesn't really fucking work. That, that is a very new hula. <laughs>
0: Um, (laughs) let's be real if ian and barbara Barbara saw the tardis again (laughs) not too long after they left the tardis they'd just be like that motherfucker he fucking got here
2: (laughs) 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 yes um this is awkward bye But again, it makes...
0: <laughs> the doctor gets back to the TARDIS after the whole adventure happens, and they just see like a, a like a fucking sticky note on the, on the door that just says "You fucking cunt. So you can, Ian so you and Barbara,
2: get back here now." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> really, <laughs> a passive aggressive. <laughs> that is the best cameo. <laughs>
0: Ah, oh, I see Chester Fitz has left me a message. Ooh, let's see what it says. <laughs> it's just like it's like I fucking hate you die now. <laughs> Anyway, let's uh, let's get ratings out of ten. Jacob, war machines.
3: Uh eight out of ten.
0: I agree with that. I give it an eight, Dylan. Eight. And Brian!
3: With his <laughs> incorrect opinion. Why
0: you gotta do me like this? Come on, <laughs> okay. Brian! I didn't know we would all give it an 8 though, <laughs>
1: so, so no, I, really? I look like even more of an asshole now. Give it like
2: a three. That's because you are an Aw, oh, you fucking edgeball. No way is I, this I, a 3. I,
1: I gave three. it a 5, brother. Oh,
2: I thought you said 3. <laughs> That's still... No, good. no,
3: Dylan, good I year. said watch yeah. him give it like a 3 or something. Yeah, well,
2: all you Yanks sound the same to me. We really don't! You all sound like, you know, people from the gunfighters. J- J- Jacob, Jacob, sound,
0: Jacob sounds like a whiny cyclops, Brian's a, <laughs> Brian's a depressed 30 year old stuck in a 16 year old's
2: body. It, it, and yeah. I'm... Massive and
1: and Joey, Joey, Joey's like a teenager that hasn't quite gone all the way through puberty, so his voice is higher than mine for some reason. <laughs> I'm in my fucking 20s, Brian! <laughs>
2: Uh, Wait, you're in your 20s. I, know. I thought, I mean, like, thought you were exactly. a couple years younger than me. I
0: am i mean, I am only 20, I have yeah, but still,
2: like, it's... Uh, I thought you were, like, a couple years younger than me. Oh, yeah. no.
3: Yeah, no. no, we're both 20,
2: Dylan. No,
3: Ryan's the really young one.
2: Yeah, I'm 17. <laughs> what the fuck? I feel like a nonce now.
3: <laughs> anyway, so, uh, I guess I'm the... <laughs> i guess <I'm> the... <laughs>
0: Only one last thing to do, uh, that is, of course, rank our stories from least favorite to favorite.
1: Okay. Oh no! Can I
0: please go first? Uh, you, so no, that, no, I'm go, I'm right. going first. I, I'm going first to set the correct bar. Okay. Oh. So here we go. Uh, bottom, we have the Massacre of Saint Bartholomew's Eve. What? Then the what? Savages what? That, the Massacre? That I, is a
2: shit. I, <laughs>
0: yes, sorry. Uh, 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 Celestial Toymaker. Then, then the Savages. Whoa. Then I'm okay. gonna say the Mythmakers. Then Galaxy Four. Mission to the Unknown, The Ark, The War Machines, The Gunfighters, and at the top, of course, Deluxe Master Plan. I
3: think we're all going to have a different ranking.
0: Oh yeah, no one's going to be the same. Yeah, this uh, is, okay. is going to be
2: one of the least uh, agreed on ones. All right, I think we
3: all agree on number one, though.
2: Oh, all yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, okay Well, this is my turn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, bottom would be The Savages. Second bottom would be uh, The Gunfighters. Third Wait, so on... what? No. Actually, no, no. Sorry, change of mind. Second bottom would be the Celestial Toy Maker. Oh. Third, bo- third bottom would be the Myth makers, Fourth bottom would be the Gunfighters. Fifth bottom would be Mission: to The Unknown. Uh, then the Massacre. Then Mission: The Unknown. Actually, you no. But said... the, then the Massacre. Then the War Machines and the Daleks' Master Plan.
0: You skip the arc.
2: Oh, and the arc would go in there somewhere, too. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, okay. okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> did you, wait, did you do Galaxy 4? I forget if you did Galaxy 4.
2: Did I? I don't know. Uh, exactly. Somewhere near the bottom, but not the bottom. Cause the <laughs> Damn it.
0: <laughs> okay. Jacob, you go next.
3: Uh, the bottom is the cele- Uh, There are ten stories, so number ten, the Celestial toy maker. Number nine, the Massacre of St. Bartholomew's Eve. Number eight galaxy four number seven the savages number six the ark number five mission to the unknown number four the gunfighters number three the war machines number two the myth makers and number one the daleks master plan
0: that one almost aligned with mine but your placement of the myth makers totally fucked it up um that that one's probably that one's probably the closest to mine
1: all right and my turn all right turn. All right, gonna the galaxy four I hated that so much, but
2: yes, you're right. And number 10 is Galaxy Fuller. lord. <laughs> That's why Dallas Basketball is favourite, because the edge on that is killing.
1: Number 9 is The Savages. Number 8, The Mythmakers. Number 7, The War Machines. Number 6, Mission to the Unknown. Number 5, The Massacre. Number four, The Ark. Number three, The Celestial Toymaker. Number two, The Gunfighters. And number one, The Daleks Masterclass. You're, you're just wrong.
0: Why is The Celestial Toymaker up so high? I don't
2: get that. It's because he loves racism. <laughs> <laughs> That's not I it! So I hate this so much. <laughs> beanie, beanie, Brian Mo. Anyway, uh, thank you all
0: so much. Actually, no, let's plug shit first. Um, uh, Brian, you plug whatever you want to plug first.
1: I don't have anything to plug because my channel is basically going through a dead period right now.
3: Ha ha! Jacob, what do you have to plug? Um, the day this releases, I should be releasing my video on Cold Fusion, which is one of my favorite Fifth Doctor stories. Um, and uh, obviously, plug... I'm plugging uh, the novel adaptations on this ch- on this channel. Uh, Time of your right, life that, that releases.
0: That's my job, but okay, go ahead.
3: But but yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Dylan,
2: uh, go watch Lord Sly if you want sardonic discussions similar to this, or uh, analysis of Doctor episodes, or just general bastard Doctor opinions. Because yeah, it's just more of me, really.
0: There we go. And of course, subscribe to this channel, uh, more episodes of the Celestial Podcast are coming. I am going to get cut off on my recording schedule soon, hopefully. Uh, Next month, we have a really cool episode coming up about uh, about some uh, Doctor Who main range. And then, of course, in December, uh, we're talking... What are we talking? Oh, yeah, uh, Fourth Doctor Adventures. That's it. Uh, That'll be fun. Um, We have some commentaries coming up. Uh, Next month, we have our uh, anniversary commentary, uh, being the five Doctors. We're having five people on that one. That's going to be really fun. Uh, And then we're actually doing our first New Who one in December as far as commentaries go that'll be really fun time of your life begins releasing november 2nd that'll be tomorrow when this comes out and uh uh, what else uh that'll be releasing up until the end of the month we'll have a behind the scenes video coming out after that then we'll be casting a new story in december we'll be casting warhead that'll be the story comes out that comes out after the one that comes out after time of your life so it'll be time Your Life. we're gonna
3: be double casting aren't we
0: well, not quite. I mean, not double casting on the surface. <sighs> Wait, uh, well, I'm on the five dumplings. Hey, one, guess Jim? what?
1: Specifics don't matter right now because it's the end of a different video. Anyway, um, yes, yeah, so i have been looking for all that. Uh,
0: Times Cruiser will, uh, will have sneak peeks and trailers out throughout uh, December and January, and then release will be in February. Um, also, uh, be on the lookout early next year. I know it's a bit early to be plugging this, uh, but we are casting a very special story, uh, near and dear to my heart, uh, and that'll be really fun to do. Um, what else, what else, what else? I think that about does it. All right, so until next time, this has been Joey Morgan. Uh, from Security Kitchen Productions. Good. Goodbye. goodbye, I hate What's you on? all.